All right, so we're starting crazy today, and what we're going to focus on, and what I believe God has called me to preach today is crazy faith. And all right, now, can you hear me? Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, really, they do call this, I've got a big label on here that says Joy's Mic, and they have this for me because I do get loud, so that's why it's, um, they, they muffle it a little bit so I don't get so crazy. But today I am going to get crazy because of what we're talking about. Um, and, I, you know, we, I use that word every once in a while, or actually I use it a lot. Like, somebody will tell me a story and I'll say, that's crazy, you know? Or when Sarah got up here, the reason I was laughing, because that girl is crazy, right? And uh, no, actually I was laughing because I was like, the struggle is real. I know exactly what she's going through t talking about those announcements. And so she, was, she did such a good job, did she not? Um, but the girl's crazy, okay? If you've ever seen her as, at camp as Truly Plump, as a character, as a puppet, um, as a, any kind of drama thing, or if you just hang around her just for a few minutes, you're going to sit there and say, man, Sarah, you're crazy, you know? But um, that's not the kind of... I can pick on you because my kids aren't here. So as the preacher, I have to be able to pick on some kind of family member. Um, so I'm picking on Sarah today. But we're, and you also, but the, the word, you know, so I looked up the word crazy, okay? And if you look it up in the dictionary, it's not what we're talking about today. I mean, you, you, if you've watched movies and they, I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the movie was. Um, I, I, it's slipping my mind right now, but they said it's bonafide, you bonafide crazy, right? Um, that is not what we're talking about. Going to the loony bin, crazy, not what we're talking about. But here's the definition that I wanted to talk about. Crazy equals out of one's mind. And you say, how in the world can that equal talking about crazy faith? Because when we talk about crazy faith, we're talking about out of our mind and in the mind of Christ, right? So we can have crazy faith because we have a, the mind of Christ. God has called us to live different in this world. We can walk around and we can see, um, and, and you can look at the news or you can look at social media and you see crazy Christians, all right? That's not the kind of crazy I'm talking about. The kind of crazy I'm talking about is being set apart, is being different, is being holy, is being righteous. You're in the spit zone, by the way, Donna. So if you get spit on, you just get ready. You guys should have a, a list, right, a, a label right here that says this is the spit zone. If you don't want to get spit on, then you might want to sit uh, somewhere else. But um, because I spit when I preach. Um, but God has called us to look different, and it looks crazy to the world. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 1.18. You guys can turn there with me. I've got a good bit of scripture today. I cannot be Jason Baller's wife or a child of the king or a preacher of the gospel if we don't turn to a lot of scripture, right? Okay, so we're going to get your Bibles out and we're going to do some Bible drills today. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You look around and you see a lot of people perishing. But Jesus came for, so that we would not perish, but have eternal life. But to the perishing, the message of the cross is crazy. It's foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. It's not foolishness. It's not crazy. It is the power of God. 
And this is what God has called us to do in Romans 1, 16 through 17. And I'm going to read the New King James Version because I love the way that it ends here. But it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Does that exclude anybody? Does that exclude anybody? Does that exclude me? Does that exclude our babies back there in the nursery? Does that exclude anybody in this room? Does that exclude the, the prisoner in the Butler County Jail? Does that exclude anyone? No, it's for everyone who believes. Right? All right, Scott, go to the next verse. For it, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. God doesn't want us just to have a little bit of faith. He wants it to build faith to faith. Right? As it is written, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Scott, you don't have this one, but it's all right. For we walk by faith, not by... Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11, 1, the great faith chapter. So as children of the king... Living in the light, not, no longer walking around in the perishing, right? We are called to crazy faith. Crazy. Like I'm talking about, Donna, when the storm is coming, you don't lose faith. You walk by faith. Or when what we pray for or believed for or hoped for doesn't exactly look like what we expected, but yet we still let our faith move from faith to faith. That is what I'm talking about, crazy faith. Do you want it? I do, so let's talk about it today. I'm going to answer two questions. If you're a note taker, I kind of preach like I'm a note taker, so I, this is how I preach. So if you want to take notes... Here's what we're going to answer today. We're going to answer two questions about crazy faith. The first one is why we can have crazy faith. And the second one is how we can have crazy faith. Now, the first why is going to have one answer. The second question is going to have two answers, okay? So just roll with me. We're going to spend a lot of time in, uh, we're going to spend some time with Mark today. I think we're in good company. We spend some time with, with the author, Mark and uh, so we're going to tackle the why first, okay? The reason I can have crazy faith, I'm about to give it to you. Are you ready? Okay. All right, so let's go to Mark 4, 35. And we're going to read, and you guys know this story, okay? But just put aside everything you've ever learned and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you right now what he wants to speak to you. Because as I read this verse and I read this story, I was like, Lord, there's so much in this that I, that I haven't seen before. So let, can your ears be open today to something new? Can your eyes be open today to see something different in the Word of God? All right, this is our daily bread today. Let's take it. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, uh, who is this talking? Jesus. He said, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was, 
in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. So I guess I never had seen this before, although I've heard it preached, but this really stood out to me. There were also other boats with him. It wasn't just Jesus and his boat. There were other boats with him. Okay? Then something crazy happened. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Okay, something that I saw on this was, okay, I always said it was a storm, but in Mark here it says this was a furious squall. Now, I've squalled before, right? You ever squalled? I've just sat down and squalled. That's not what we're talking about. But it could, if you're in a storm, you could sit down and squall, right? All right, but this is a furious squall. So I looked up what is the difference between a storm and a squall. You want to know what the difference is? All right, so the difference is a storm is just like a change in the atmosphere that's going to create something that's, that's, that's going to be, you know, a storm, like what we're used to, you know, rain, that kind of thing, all right? But a squall last is not just a wind gust that just happens for seconds. A squall is a wind gust that lasts for minutes, and it comes on all of a sudden, and it includes hail, thunder, lightning, heavy rain, heavy wind, and it's very, very dangerous for a boat. If you're out on the water, a squall is dangerous. So here we have Jesus and his disciples in a boat, and we have other boats with them, right? In the middle of a squall. You squalled before, right? Remember the squall. The squall came and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And here we have Jesus, and Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Here we have Jesus, and he's asleep on the cushion in the middle of a squall. Now, if you've ever squalled before in the middle of a storm of your life, are you truly able to sleep on a cushion? Have you ever been to that point? We're going to talk about some crazy faith this morning. I want to talk to you about Jesus and why was Jesus able to sleep in the middle of a squall? I want to tell you what Isaiah prophesied about Jesus before he was ever born, hundreds of years before he was ever born. This is what Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah 7:14 says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And then we see in Matthew 
1, 20 through 23, we see this prophecy fulfilled where Joseph is trying to make the decision of whether he needs to divorce Mary and send her off and, you know, do the, do the, the, the cultural thing of just sending her off because she's pregnant and they're not married. He's in this point of decision. And in Matthew 1, 20, 23, here's what's going on with Joseph. Scott, Matthew 1, there we go. Okay, it's 1, 20 through 23. I'm just going to read it. You guys go there with me. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, marry, to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, which means God with us. So why was Jesus able to sleep in the middle of a squall on a pillow with his head laid down, not waking up? Because he had a revelation of who God is. He had a revelation of who he was through God. And that is, God, I am Emmanuel, God with us. But do you know who did not have a revelation of Emmanuel? The disciples. So let's see what Emmanuel, God with us, does about the squall. We're going to go to Mark 4, 39 through 41, and we're going to finish up what Jesus did here. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. It was completely calm. Just for his disciples? Was it completely calm? Remember there were other boats with them, right? Completely calm. Because when Emmanuel is in the boat, when God is with you, you can sit in the middle of a squall and you can say, God, you're with me. So the wind and waves can't overcome me. God, your gospel of peace is on my feet and everywhere I walk, everyone around me can feel your peace and know that your peace can conquer their storms and squall. That is the crazy faith that God has called us to. Do you want it? He calms the squall. And then he says to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now the disciples had already been a lot, through a lot with Jesus. They had seen him perform all kinds of miracles. 
And here they are in the middle of a squall, and Jesus is asking, what about your fear, and what about your faith? You look over your life, and you see all the miracles that God has done for you. And he is right smack dab in the middle of your boat today. Whether you're going through a squall, maybe you're going through just a storm. Or maybe you say, you know what, my squall is bigger, it's a hurricane. Well, Jesus wants you to know today that he's sitting in the middle of your storm, your squall, and he is at peace, and he is God with you. And so now you can have crazy faith, and you can be at peace. Amen? The disciples did not recognize that Emmanuel was in the boat. If they had had crazy faith, where would they have been laying? They would have been asleep. Right there with Jesus. Because God was with them. And God is with you. Crazy faith. So why? Why can I have crazy faith? Because God is with me. Why can you have crazy faith? Because God is with you. Jesus said later on, and I, I think he just had to keep reminding the disciples about this because he has to keep reminding us. He said in John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have, you want it? You want peace? Does anybody love to worry? Does anybody love to be anxious? Does anybody enjoy being afraid? No. It's torture. God, here's Jesus saying this right here. I have told you these things so that in me, in who? Emmanuel, God with us, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Are you guaranteed to always just live in a peaceful environment? Are you guaranteed that? Are you at some point in your life going to have a squall? Are you at some point in your life going to have many squalls? Have you ever in, your point, in any of your life had a squall upon a squall upon a squall? And then you sat down and squalled. It's life. It's what happens. Just because we're children of God doesn't mean we're not going to have trouble. But this is what Jesus said. But take heart! Exclamation point. I have overcome the world. He's overcome. He's God with you. He's overcome the squall. He's overcome the storm. He has overcome. The boat was indicative of the trials and tribulations of this world. And if we are going, we're going to have storms, we're going to have squalls, but right smack dab in the middle of it, I can have crazy faith because who is in the boat? Jesus. Why can I lay down and go to sleep in peace? Jesus. God is with me. Why do I not have to be afraid, anxious, or worried? Because Jesus is with me. So the answer to the first question, why can I have crazy faith? Because 
God is with me. All right, I'm going to answer the second question today. And remember, we've got two answers to this, okay? So the second question is, how can we have crazy faith? So I've got two answers for this question. And we're going to, go, we're going to hang out, still hang out in Mark here. We're going to go over one chapter. Now remember, they've gone through the boat, the, the squall, right? And so now we have another encounter with Jesus in Mark. And we're going to turn to Mark 5, 24 through 34. Again, you know this story, but just let the Holy Spirit freshly speak to you this morning. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. You ever gone through a really long-lasting squall? And you felt like it just was never going to end. I would say this woman had gone through a squall. It says right here for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I would say that's crazy faith. As she touched the hem of the garment, immediately her Bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Her squall had lasted for 12 years. Every doctor she had seen could not find out what was going wrong with her. She had spent all her money. And in one encounter with Jesus Christ, she was immediately healed. Not just the bleeding that she had been suffering for 12 years, but she was freed from her suffering. So we see her suffering for 12 years. She spit all that she has. She's broken in her body, broken in her finances, broken in her spirit. She's not getting better. She's getting worse. Can I tell you this today? If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Sometimes our crazy faith journey includes waiting on the Lord and not giving up. Pushing through the doubt. Pushing through the fear. Pushing through the opinions of others. Pushing through the storms of life. Pushing through in prayer. And not ever, 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 ever giving up. So the first answer to the question is, how can we have crazy faith? Don't give up. Your miracle is right around the corner. Your Jesus is ready for you just to reach out and touch him. 
Galatians 6, 9 says this, and I want to bring it to you, body of Christ, to encourage you this morning. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Then I've got one more answer for you to how we can have crazy faith. And this time we're going to look at the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know what? You think about Jesus as like the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, right? But he had crazy faith. He had crazy-er faith. He had the craziest faith. And we're going to turn to Matthew 26, 36. And I will give you your answer, the second answer, to how we can have crazy faith. And we're going to look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He was feeling the storm, wasn't he? And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Can I release you from guilt of feeling anxious and feeling fearful and overwhelmed when the storm comes? Because that is just human nature. Can I release you from that? But can I encourage you not to stay in that human nature? When you start to feel overwhelmed and to sorrow to the point of death, can you go and get alone with your Father and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart and your soul and your mind and totally change your human nature into a God nature? And so that whenever you come against the storm, you know that Emmanuel God is with you. And you know that you have to press on just a little bit harder and press on just a little bit longer and not give up because God is with you. And then going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, just a little side nugget the Holy Spirit just gave me. Sometimes in the middle of the storm, you can just sleep in peace like Jesus did there in the squall. But sometimes you don't need to sleep. Sometimes you need to press in to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you need to press into prayer. And sometimes you need to press into the presence of God. Because here we find Jesus telling his disciples, right now, guys, is not the time to sleep. Right now is, is, is between life and death, and I need you to pray with me. Couldn't you just, men, just keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall in temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Then he went away a second time and prayed. And he said, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. So here we see Jesus answering the question, how can I have crazy faith? And the answer is, trust and pray. Pray and trust. Trust and pray. Pray and trust. And Jesus submitted to the will of God. And that's crazy faith. Because sometimes the will of God doesn't make sense to me. Sometimes I don't understand the will of God. And that's okay because guess what? I'm not God. And the church says, amen. And you're not God. And Joy says, amen. God is God. And he sees it all put together. He sees the beginning from the end, and he connects the dots in between. And so what I suffer, I don't have to understand, but I just choose to trust. I choose to trust him when his plan doesn't make sense. I choose to trust him when the storms come. I choose to trust him when the answer is delayed. I choose to trust him when the answer doesn't look like what I think it should look like. Because Proverbs 3, 5 says this, and this is what I've been leaning on for the past couple of weeks. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding is very limited. God's is infinite. He sees all of our lives connected. He sees your life from the beginning to the end. And then Romans 8, 28, so encouraging, says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we know. Jesus is here in the garden asking for the cup of suffering if it is your will, Lord, to be taken from me. But it was not God's will. Sometimes God's answer to prayer is yes. Sometimes God's answer to prayer is just wait. And sometimes God's answer to prayer is no. And I don't have to understand that. I just have to trust. And so I've had the opportunity over this past year to experience some crazy faith like I've never experienced before. With the passing of dad earlier this year, it's crazy faith. Because we were believing for a miracle. And God's answer was no. Not the miracle we wanted to see on earth, but the miracle he saw in heaven. So his answer was yes. It didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. But I don't have to understand that. Because God is working all things together for our good. And I had to submit to the Lord's will and, and lean not on my own understanding. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I experienced the same thing 
with Bishop Mike because he was a man of prayer. And we prayed for his healing. And God didn't answer the miracle here on earth, but he did in heaven. And I choose to trust. I choose to trust. So I wanted to end with this story. A couple of weeks ago, Bishop Mike passed away, and then 30 hours later, Miss Karen's brother passed away. Miss Karen is Pastor Mike's wife. 30 hours after Bishop Mike passed away, her brother passed away. And Jason was able to attend Miss Karen's brother's funeral. And he sat right up front with Miss Karen sitting right beside him. And he said, during the funeral, I had a very powerful encounter with God. He was, Miss Karen's brother was a pastor, and, the, and man, they just preached the whole sermon. It was just like a gospel message. And he said, but it wasn't necessarily something that the preacher was preaching to me. I was the only one in the room that had the encounter with God because it was something Miss Karen said to me. And so there was an evangelist at this funeral, and he was, he's just telling story after story. You know how encouraging and powerful that can be. And he told this story about this woman that he was preaching a revival, and there was a woman in the wheelchair in the back of the room. And as he was preaching, he kept, she kept saying to the, the preacher, the evangelist, she said, I want to walk. And he said, I just ignored her because I didn't want to, you know, say get up and walk and nothing happened, right? And so I just kept preaching, and I preached, you know, I was preaching, and and the, the woman just said, I, in the wheelchair, said, I want to walk. He said, I ignored her again. And I just kept preaching. So finally she said one more time, preacher, I want to walk. And he said, well, get up and walk then. And she got up and she walked. And she's been walking ever since. And God did a miracle that day and healed that woman immediately. And she began to walk and praise the Lord. That was a powerful story. But here's the crazy faith story. Miss Karen sitting right there beside Jason, who had just lost her husband instantly, unexpectedly, from cancer. And just lost her brother from cancer. Leaned over to Jason and said, Jason, I still believe in miracles. I believe God still heals. I believe in divine healing. I believe it. I believe it. Now that is crazy faith. Because in the middle of her storm, she knew God was with her. And she had pressed in and prayed, but she did not give up. And things happened that she didn't understand. But she chose to trust and pray. Pray and trust. Trust and pray. Crazy, crazy faith. So my, my question to you today, I've answered your question. So here's, a, here's my question to you. Can we have crazy faith and believe that God still does the impossible? That he is still God with us? That we can have crazy faith if we just don't give up and if we trust him no matter what 
happens. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And maybe you're here today and, and just these different stories have resonated with you. And I know that when the word is preached and it's nothing about the, what I say or the delivery or anything, but it's about the Holy Spirit convicting and bringing about the word of God to touch your heart and soul, even to the divining of the spirit and soul and bone and marrow. So the word of God has touched you today. And the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning. Somewhere, one time, maybe several times throughout the word being preached. And maybe today you are here and you say, I am in the boat and I need the reminder that Emmanuel is with me. Or maybe you're here today and you're needing to push through the crowd and you don't give up on your miracle today. Or maybe you've had the thought, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Or maybe you're here today and you need the Lord to strengthen your faith. Maybe you say, my faith has wavered. It's been tossed to and fro with the winds and the waves of life's troubles. And I have forgotten to take heart. And to remember that Jesus has overcome. Or maybe you're here today and you just say, I need a Savior. I need him to save me from myself, from my sin. As music is played and as the Holy Spirit leads, if you are asking any of those questions this morning, God is saying, come. Come, come let me minister to you today. Come, allow me to speak to your heart today. So I'm just going to ask you to simply, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, to come. Come and allow him to meet you and meet the needs that you have this morning. So I'm going to pray. And if you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you today to come, then we'll be ready here to pray for you and to minister to you. So Father, right now, Lord, I thank you that you touch every heart that is here. Lord, you've been speaking from the very beginning of the opening of the service to the very end. And so, Father, we thank you that we just yield to your Holy Spirit this morning. Father, we surrender and submit ourselves to you today. Lord, whatever you want to do in our lives today to bring about life change, Lord, we thank you and we surrender to you right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need Jesus this morning to come and be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online and you say, I feel him calling me. He's knocking on the door of my heart this morning and I need to answer. If that is you, just raise your hand. 
I see those hands. If you're online and you're raising your hand right now, just know that God is with you. So let's just pray a prayer of salvation and then I'm going to open up the altar for anyone to come to meet with Jesus this morning. If you'll just repeat after me, me, say, Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you've taken all my sins and give me forgiveness. Lord, I'm, the child, I'm a child of God. I love you, Lord. Help me to serve you with all of my heart. Help me to lay down every storm and be at peace because you are in the middle. In Jesus' name.